are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they all got started in the game, and of course, where they are now. So, hello everybody, how is it going? I hope everybody's been having a fantastic and phenomenal day so far. It is indeed the month of September, and uh, personally, like I've always been saying for the past few weeks, I just can't believe how fast this summer just went by. And uh, I'm actually happy to say that, um, you know, ever since I I did bring up the fact that I wanted to kind of discipline myself a little bit, you know, just uh, try to wake up a little bit early every day so that I can get more work done throughout the day. And uh, just to be more productive, I'm happy to say that I was uh, actually able to stick to that schedule rather more or less, and uh, when I actually did check my calendar a few days back, seeing that it was indeed September, it kind of gave me that extra boost, uh, like mentally, because now I know that I have to get everything together and to get back on my grind, man, for real. Like, this is no kidding. We all have to just make that big commitment to just have a little bit of more discipline when it comes to our daily schedules and tasks so that we can accomplish as as much as possible and to, you know, while in the meanwhile, taking care of ourselves, of course, not to stress ourselves out, but just try to balance things out. But in a way that we're still pretty productive throughout the day. So for me, that's been uh, mostly successful. And I hope some of you guys have actually been giving that a try in your lives and throughout your days as well. But let me know uh, if you've tried it before. Just let me know on social media at uh, TKO underscore podcast on um, on our Instagram. Just um, send a, shoot us a DM if you want or just comment under one of our posts if you want to share with us how that experience has been for you. And yeah, let's just carry on the conversation. So you guys, with September, I told you guys before that uh, the world of combat sports has not disappointed us at all because from here on until uh, I would say like uh, until the middle uh, weeks of October, we are going to be having fight nights and uh, we'll specifically MMA events every single weekend, which is just a MMA fan's dream, honestly. So that is going to be great. And so today, uh, the big fight card that we're going to be breaking down for you guys is going to be headlined by a fantastic heavyweight bout between the legend, the MMA legend, Alistair Overeem, and he's going to be fighting off against Brazil's very own Augusto Sakai, who's actually sort of a newcomer to the UFC. So it'll be interesting to see how how things are going to go on fight nights for UFC fight night number 176. And uh, this one as well is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada in the UFC Apex Center. So that's going to be the big uh, fight card, or rather I should just say, this is the main bout that we're going to be breaking down depending on how much time we're going to have left at the end of the show. Then we might just briefly discuss some of the other fights that are going to be happening on the undercard or the, uh, the remainder of the main card for that particular night. But 
when it comes to breaking down the fight, this is a big fight that we're going to be talking about, and um, it is a pretty interesting fight, so I'll definitely recommend that you stay tuned for that. So we're going to be talking about that today, but also, uh, actually, as of uh, as of the past few days, um, so many things have actually been announced, so many news updates, and uh, who's going to be fighting who, and uh, just uh, some of the things that some fighters have said about each other. A lot of that stuff has gone down in the news and in our uh, favorite uh, sports outlets. They've been thoroughly discussed, so we're going to be bringing up a few of those today as well. But other than that, let me just think. I swear I had, <laughs> I had this one other thing to talk about before we got started, but uh, I guess it will just eventually come to me. So now, without further ado, I'm going to jump right into the first major thing that I want to discuss on the show. And uh, so, yeah, without further ado, let's get started. Uh, you guys, I'm sure by now you've already heard about this uh, announcement, this uh, fight announcement, which has been announced to be the rematch fight between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz. So these two guys, we all know them by heart. We all love them, actually, because of their personality and, of course, their fighting style. Well, when we think about Jorge Masvidal, he's the baddest man on earth because when the two fought, actually, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz, when they fought the first time, the belt that was actually on the line was indeed the BMF belt, which I'm not going to get into what it actually stands for, but I'm, guess <laughs> I'm guessing you guys can actually predict that for yourselves. But uh, Jorge Masvidal was actually able to win that belt which I guess grants him uh, the title of being the baddest man on earth, the baddest fighter <laughs> in the whole UFC. And, uh, you know, even that by itself was a little bit controversial because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, when that fight actually went down, something happened in the bout and... Um, I, th I believe Nate Diaz was just um, injured uh, really bad and uh, not to say that he was like wobbling or uh, rocked by a certain punch. The case was uh, the fact that, uh, excuse me, Nate Diaz, he had sustained many cuts on his face uh, leading to a lot of uh, bleeding, of course, not to get too um, descriptive here, but uh, it looks really bad. So they pulled both fighters to the side and the ring doctor just came in and they checked on uh, Nate Diaz and they actually concluded that the fight has to be stopped because the injuries that Nate Diaz had uh, uh, sustained at the time were really bad and that if he were to continue, he would lose more blood and that obviously wouldn't be good for him. So it, with with all those things in mind, they just stopped the fight and uh, it was a technical decision in favor of Jorge Masvidal, therefore granting him that BMF belt, making him uh, the baddest man on earth. Now, um, a lot of fans have uh, been talking about this for the longest time. You know, specifically those who are hardcore fans of the Diaz brothers, specifically Nate Diaz. Yeah, they've been talking a lot of trash to Jorge Masvidal, saying that he, you know, he's not really, he's not really deserving of that belt. Although the BMF belt, we all know, isn't an actual official belt. It's just for, um, I mean, I hate to use the word clout, but uh, I guess that's the way that we can put it this way. Because it's mostly for, like, popularity and fame and not necessarily for 
like uh, for the sake of the championship i guess if that makes any sense but anyhow um yeah there's been a lot of talk on um on behalf of both parties just uh the fans of one person talking uh, talking back to the fans of the other person and vice versa so i think the ufc matchmakers have actually paid attention to everything that's been going on since the first fight and uh, they actually decided that well one of the main reasons being that the fans totally wanted the first fight and the second one being that well you know the fight um just uh, ended in some sort of a cliffhanger because although there was a decision announced but uh we couldn't completely conclude who was the baddest man uh, in the in the cage after all on on that particular fight night and the third one being uh that the first fight generated so much revenue and uh it was just so good for the business and uh another thing to point out was that uh, it was just so big in in pop culture as well and uh you know when things like this happen not only is it good for sales but also just for um uh it's so good for um raising awareness of our sport of mixed martial arts overall just um, talking about it in the world in a different, in a more general scene, um, which contains more more casual fans and people who are, who aren't as familiar with the sport. You know, maybe they have their own um, um, uh, ideas of oh, like how violent the sport of mixed martial arts is, and blah blah blah. But I feel like th- th- that fight itself, the fight between uh, Masvidal and Diaz, that definitely helped a lot with. Uh, just um, showing the world what the sport is actually about and how entertaining it can be and uh, just to also uh, in addition to that showcase how talented all of these mixed martial artists are I mean um, uh, of course when we talk about Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal each guy brings their own set of skills their own set of unique skills to the table which is important but also feel like all the other bouts that were also featured on the undercard of that uh, fight card were also watched and observed and um, it just gave those fighters an opportunity to be properly seen by kind of the whole world because that's how big that whole fight card was and to the extent that this is what i want to get into to the extent that you guys remember when um the official weigh-ins were actually being conducted Dwayne the rock johnson um stepped up to the stage carrying the bmf belts uh for the first time you know it was it was him Dwayne the rock johnson and not the president of the ufc dana white who was the person who stood in between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz when they were doing their face-off. And uh, The Rock was also, again, the person who uh, walked into the cage after the the decision was announced on Fight Night and uh, wrapped the belts, the BMF belt, around Jorge Masvidal's waist. And uh, so, yeah, uh, he too, Dwayne Rock Johnson, has been a big advocate of uh, this fight. And as well for this um, rematch that is about to come up. So everything that I just said, if it didn't convince and uh, I guess just hype you enough for this upcoming match, this rematch between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, then 
we need to have a talk like in the parking lot because i don't know what else well anyway but uh you guys i'm just personally so excited for this bow and um so you know i, I say all those things and uh, when rumors are usually spread around about big fights like that, it means that something is in the process of being approved. Although we're actually told that uh, there has been no official date for when this fight is actually going to be held. And there have been no official contracts that have been signed by either party as of yet. And I guess it's pretty uh, it's pretty early for that at this point. Because what, what we were told was that uh, this fight could potentially take place towards the end of the year. Or sometime in the year of 2021. And I guess considering a fight of such big magnitude and how, how big it's going to be. Uh, well, of course, both guys need to have enough time to just uh, not only think about uh, how much money they're going to make and um, uh, just uh, come to negotiation terms uh, uh, personally on behalf of their own camps, but also they, they they need enough time to properly train because this is no joke. Like the whole world you already know is going to be watching, watching you fight. So you absolutely have to ensure that you're going to be delivering your absolute best and uh like i said it is no joke and uh it takes a while uh if at least it's going to take a good three months and that's i would say that is the minimum um a uh, number of months that a fighter a professional fighter at this level would need to properly train um uh, themselves for their opponent as well as trying to make weight for their weight division, uh, if not more, of course. So, yeah, like I said, these are all, uh, th these could be, not to say that I know everything, but these could be some of the contributing factors uh, for why an official date hasn't been announced yet. But, uh, you know, like I said, the fact that talks about it have been circulating around means that something is in the works. So I'm so excited and I hope you guys are as well. And if I do come across anything new, any updates, I'll definitely let you guys know here on TKO. Okay, so enough of that. I can't believe I actually spent half of this episode just talking about that. But that's just how much I love both of these guys. You guys already know. Jorge Masvidal is one of my all-time favorites. And you can go many, many episodes back. You can honestly just go like a hundred weeks back and this this would be before um the time that Jorge Masvidal actually got got gone on a rise and um became I guess famous but I've always been a huge fan of Jorge Masvidal and so just to see him do that once again to to just see him fight anytime it gets me so excited anyway I'm just gonna leave it there but since we talked about Jorge Masvidal um so Nate Diaz he actually hasn't fought since that uh, Masvidal fight but Jorge Masvidal he was actually called to have a fight uh, on short notice when he was called over to fight island uh, which was Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi to fight against the welterweight champion Kamaru Usman at the time and you know we all thought especially as Jorge Masvidal fans we kind of thought you know 
we love him, of course, but um, I feel like this is just too big of a fight for him. And uh, especially on such short notice, you know, for, for a championship fight against one of the most uh, dominating and one of the strongest champions in the UFC right now being Kamara Usman. That's just going to be really tough. And uh, indeed it was, because on fight night, although Jorge Masvidal tried his best, but um, he was defeated um, against uh, Kamaru Usman. So Kamaru Usman uh, is still the the uh, holder of this welterweight belt in, in this weight division. And uh, Masvidal lost. And I already talked about Jorge Masvidal, but just as a segue... Now talking about Kamaru Usman, uh, because uh, Kamaru Usman was actually announced to be having another uh, fight on the way, which is going to be targeted around the time that UFC 256 is going to be happening on December 12th, I believe it is. So Kamaru Usman will be defending his uh, welterweight championship belt against Gilbert Burns. And Gilbert Burns, you guys might potentially remember that Gilbert was actually the guy who was supposed to be fighting Kamaru in uh, in Fight Island in Abu Dhabi instead of um, Jorge Masvidal. But uh, Gilbert Burns actually, with his entire team, they all tested positive for COVID-19. So obviously they were not allowed to fight. Um, on that day but now the fight has been rescheduled and uh, it is finally um, you know fingers crossed uh, it will be happening on December 12th which is great news Um, and uh, it will be interesting to see how things will actually turn out and to just briefly talk about why um, I think that would be the case uh, listen Kamaru Usman we all know how strong of a wrestler he he is and I feel like because of his wrestling background you know all the hard training that goes into being a good wrestler I feel like that's definitely contributed to him being a overall very uh, well-rounded mixed martial artist and so because of that uh, I would say he's a very very dangerous fighter a very dangerous champion, as a matter of fact, because um, uh, whoever he faces, because of his great stamina, because of his explosiveness, he can almost uh, dominate over anybody. However, um, on the other side of the spectrum, we're talking about Gilbert Burns, who himself is a guy who has been on a rise uh, for for some of his uh, most recent fights. And... Uh, Arguably, I would say he is among some of the few people in the welterweight division who possesses skill sets that are so similar to to those of Kamaru Usman's. And that could be a real challenge for Kamaru Usman. I feel like nobody has been at that level so far uh, when Kamaru Usman has been making his title defenses. But I feel like, you know, Gilbert Burns, he might be that guy. But, uh, you know, just to uh, uh, get you guys excited about this fight, I'm just going to leave it there. And then when the date actually approaches, then we're going to be talking about this fight in, in thorough detail. But uh, uh, this is, uh, I guess, this is enough uh, for now to know about um, how how good um, this fight can potentially be. And yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. Okay, so we have like 10 minutes left. I'm just debating if I should talk about this other thing that I had uh, for, for announcements and then just get into our fight breakdown. Okay, so the next one, I'm just going to briefly just uh, gloss over it so that you guys know what's happening in the world of MMA. So um, recently, uh, 
recently on Twitter, we all know how enthusiastic uh, uh, some MMA fighters are on social media platforms, specifically Twitter. Recently on Twitter, the the former, actually, I should say it now, yes, the former light heavyweight champion, John Jones. We all know John Jones. John Jones, uh, he was recently announced to be making his move to the heavyweight division, having relinquished his light heavyweight belt. Okay, so having having all those things in mind, um, on social media, he's been pretty active as of recently. Um, uh, he has actually been uh, calling out new opponents, people who he didn't really pay attention to prior to this. But now, um, also considering the fact that you know, although he has moved up a weight division to the heavyweight division, it was actually announced, officially announced that John Jones was not going to be getting the next title shot against the current heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic. So um, considering that, John Jones has obviously thought of uh, calling out opponents who are big names and who are people who he, he thinks he can potentially beat. And the person that that has been most prominent on his um, Twitter uh, callouts has been Brock Lesnar, the former heavyweight champion at the UFC. And if you're a WWE fan, I, I'm, I'm OK. Yeah, you definitely have to know Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, uh, who's actively actually right now a professional wrestler. He has not fought in the UFC and in the in the realm of um, MMA for about I would say five years and uh, so yeah he's been mostly active in professional wrestling and I just thought it was really interesting that John Jones uh, did call out Brock Lesnar because we don't even know if Brock Lesnar is going to be making a comeback to MMA ever because first of all he's getting older and in order to be making a comeback to um, MMA specifically the UFC you have to go through many many vigorous uh, blood testings to ensure that you're not using any illicit drugs and any performance enhancing drugs and uh, I, I don't think this is a lie to anybody uh, because in the world of professional wrestling People don't get tested, and in order to put on a good and um, uh, entertaining show, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not accusing anybody of doing anything, but um, people are free to do whatever they want. Let's just put it that way. And for Brock Lesnar to to actually make that decision to come back to the world of MMA and to go through all those blood tests in order to actually get a fight against John Jones, who's been more active than him in, in MMA, I feel like it's a... It's a not so wise move, uh, if I have to say it politely. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I just found it really interesting that John Jones actually did call out Brock Lesnar because it, it is it is an odd thing to do, especially because the guy hasn't been active in MMA for such a long time. But I guess John Jones just wants wants that big fight, that big money fight, so that he makes his um, heavyweight entrance, so to speak, with the bang, and that um, he makes a memorable um, uh, first heavyweight fight, if I should put it that way. 
But also, we're not really sure how things are going to go. But what we do know is that actually Dana White, the president of the UFC, he's defended the idea of having John Jones make his introduction fight in the heavyweight division against Brock Lesnar, which is, again, really odd because coming from the president of the organization himself, you know, you just have to wonder, well, is he up to something? Does he know something that we as the fans don't know? But if anything else comes up, you guys, I'll definitely keep you guys updated. But enough of that right now. Uh, okay, so now let's just briefly break down this Alistair Overeem and uh, Augusto Sakai fight, which is happening this upcoming Saturday. So just briefly talking about Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem has been in the UFC for many, many years. And prior to that, he was uh, he gained so much success in other MMA organizations, you know, organizations like Dream and uh, Strike Force, in, in which he was actually the heavyweight champion. And prior to that, he has a um, very extensive uh, kickboxing, professional kickboxing background, so that he's actually one of the few people on the entire face of our planet who was able to hold a professional kickboxing and a, um, uh, a MMA belt championship belt at the same time sim simultaneously, which is awesome. So you just already know how experienced um, and uh, talented Alistair Overeem is and the fact that he's been fighting for so, so long and uh, his professional record is 46 wins and 18 losses and one no contest. So if you do the math, that will be um, that will be about... I think over 60 professional fights, and that's just professional MMA, not considering his kickboxing career record. So on one hand, of course, we have Alistair Overeem. And on the other hand, we have the rising star in the UFC, Augusto Sakai. So like I said in the beginning of this show, um, he's actually a newcomer to the UFC. And the way he was introduced uh, to the organization was through um, the Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, which is a competition in which you're a new person and you get a fight and Dana White would actually watch you. And if he likes your performance, then he's going to award you a contract. So uh, he actually was awarded a contract. So ever since then, he has fought in the UFC one, two, three, four four times and all those fights he has won which is fantastic news and now he has been put against Alistair Overeem now one thing that I do want to point out is that when you look at uh, uh, the record like his uh, most recent fights record he's fought uh, Sakai has fought guys like Andre Arlovsky and Blagoy Ivanov who are and now he's um, going to be fighting Alistair Overeem and one thing, like a trend that I would like to point out to you guys, specifically in the heavyweight division, if the UFC really wants to test out how good you are and how, um, uh, how perseverant you are in the heavyweight division, first, they are indeed going to put you through Andre Arlovsky, who was at one point in time a champion in the heavyweight division. And then if you're successful uh, through that test, they're going to match you up against Alistair Overeem. And if you are successful in that case, then you are going to be definitely amongst the, uh, the top five contenders in the heavyweight division. So Sakai uh, has already passed the, I hate to put it this way, but I guess it is the only way to put it. Sakai's already passed the Andrei Olofsky test. So now it is his time to to show himself in this bout against Alistair Overeem. 
well, is he going to accomplish it? The thing is, he does come from a um, jiu-jitsu background, which will, which will be really interesting because, like I said, Alistair Overeem, we all know how fantastic of a striker and a kickboxer he is. So in this fight, it is uh, our, uh, I guess, natural prediction that is going to be a classic battle of boxing slash kickboxing versus jiu-jitsu. And it will be no surprise to see each guy relying on their um, uh, athletic background, their own uh, like prior sport background to to win this fight uh, without necessarily coming out of their comfort zone. That would be the uh, the natural thing to predict. However, if you really want to figure out what is going to go on 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 fight nights then I would definitely recommend that you guys watch the fight for yourself, especially because this is, after all, a heavyweight fight. And uh, heavyweight fights, out of all other um, uh, weight division fights, they're just so unpredictable. And unless you actually sit down and watch the fight for yourself, you don't know what's actually going to happen. So on Saturday night, you guys, make sure that you catch up with this uh, main, uh, main card fight, specifically the Overeem and Sakai fight. And I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys already know. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And you can also get a Spotify and iTunes to download previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Jonan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.